Hello and welcome back to the Poetry Exchange. I'm Michael Schaefer. And I'm Fiona Bennett. We've been away for a while. It's great to be back and it's great to be back with some exciting news, which is that we're going to be able to bring you an episode a month on a regular basis. We've been working really hard behind the scenes to make sure that we've got everything in place to do that and we've managed it and here we are. In the last few months we've added some new members to the team. We've been really busy going around the country recording new exchanges and for this one that you're going to hear now we've recorded it in a public space uh, in the Waterstones in Canterbury as part of the Wise Words Festival on the shop floor amongst the poetry box. So you'll be hearing some new voices, John Preble and Victoria Field, talking to our visitor about Love by George Herbert, the poem that's been a friend to Jonathan. Well, how lovely, to, uh, and thank you so much for coming. Uh, thanks thanks for asking this. me. It's an extraordinary um, uh, sort of surprise. I don't think I've ever spoken about poetry in my life before. <laughs> and this poem has been with me for a long time and has changed in meaning constantly uh, through my life. So, uh, just, just to tantalise you a little. Sounds really intriguing and wonderful. Would you like to read it? Okay. Love bade me welcome, yet my soul drew back, guilty of dust and sin. But quick-eyed love, observing me grow slack from my first entrance in, drew nearer to me sweetly questioning if I lacked anything. A guest I answered worthy to be here. Love said, you shall be he. I, the unkind, the ungrateful, oh my dear, I cannot look on thee. Love took my hand and smiling did reply, who made the eyes but I? Truth, Lord, but I've marred them. Let my shame go where it doth deserve. And know you not, says love, who bore the blame. My dear, then I will serve. You must sit down, says love, and taste my meat. So I did sit and eat. Do you remember how you first met? Very clearly, very clearly, yeah. I'm 15 and I was going through a very religious phase of my life. I had a a close friend who was a musician who was putting this to music. I had already heard Vaughan Williams' version of this. He he wrote five mystical songs, one of which was this one. And this friend was doing another version. And uh, I was instantly struck by both the kind of simplicity and the sort of I suppose the relevance to my my own position then, and that sense of of guilt and unworthiness and so on, and that sense of wanting a bigger answer, the the the, the sense at the time that, uh, that that religion was providing that, and the sense that there was a degree of humility in this man's work that that. Um, 
that attracted me that 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 sense of a combination of humility and and a a kind of a kind of visceralness to to the to, to the relationship with religion that he he expressed both in terms of the the very very simple imagery of, of, uh, of basically what was a lover, I think I felt. Would you say it became a, an instant friend to you? Yeah, an instant in the sense that through my life I'm not religious anymore and haven't been for some time. And but through my life the words have have kind of played and had taken on different meanings. They've, they've had meanings to do with, with, with friendship, with, with sexuality, with um, meaning, with the increasing importance in my life of just the concept of love, those, those things. And so, that, so I, I would interpret it differently now, but... Uh, the the emotions are basically the same i think that tenderness that that idea that i mean the just love took my hand that that still sends little shiver down me that the 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 the, the sense of the physical the sense of the um intimate um it stays stays yeah I was struck by you using the word visceral as your yes, your reaction yeah, to the poem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it it, it it is here. It is here rather than anywhere else. He said, pointing to his stomach. <laughs> his stomach. Yeah. yeah, and and also the 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 use of the word my dear um, really struck me then and still still does. That again, that that sort of personal and and, and somewhat intimateness of it. And I was really lucky. My my um, my sister, who died um, about six years ago, um, lived very near George, George Herbert's church in in Salisbury, and she she took me there shortly before she died. And and somehow the the tininess of the church expressed this same humility, the same simplicity. And it, even looking at the poem on the page, the sort of long, short, long shortness of the of the lines, the simplicity of the rhymes, and, 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 and in a sense the simplicity of the message. It's all very simple and humble, it's not highfalutin. Is there any particular line that speaks to you or now, spoke to you then? I suppose so, I did sit and eat, <laughs> I suppose the final, the, the final line. And it, it sort of works, I think it works on an artistic level very, very powerfully because of its simplicity and because because it touches fundamentals that, you know, in my life I've, I've kind of recognised cut beneath culture, cut beneath difference, cut beneath the enormous difficulty in understanding another person's mind, that that, that simplicity is beneath those things or above, I don't know. I want to spend some time with the word love mm. in the poem mm. And, mm. and the simplicity of that, but also mm. just stepping inside that kind of love mm. that's in mm. the poem and mm. what that's meaning to you. Mm. Can you just talk to us a bit more about mm. 
love. Well, as, as, as I think, first of all, the personification of love. So, mm. in I think, in Herbert's term, terms, love was was Christ. Mm. But the the idea of, of of love being a person, someone with whom one can relate and uh, inter interact, and that love has that that tender acceptance, that tender invitation that that humble um, approach that is both hugely attractive and never never becomes ordinary never becomes um, boring never becomes expected it, all, you know, all, all those things that through life one may become disenamored with love remains something that constantly surprises and constantly brings uh, brings fresh ideas fresh thoughts fresh relationships and, and freshness and so and, and, and that I think is best expressed in, in personifying it in, in some way because all, all the way through love love took my my hand you must sit down says love and so on, all, all, all of those, those kind of references right through, j j just make it something that is relatable to, rather than an abstract concept or philosophical ideal. Yeah, I had a sense from what you were saying about love being very hospitable in a practical way, mm. and that mm. inviting someone to eat. Yeah, no, I've been very, very lucky in my life. Having I lived in Africa for for six years, and uh, lived in. Um, Malaysia for a long time, lived in India, and everywhere there, the the invitation to eat and the and the the relationship around eating is central, central, and very. Again, I, I, I want to use the word visceral again. It's a, I mean, it's not visceral in the sense your stomach is full, but but actually emotionally very, very powerful, and always has this. This humility and tenderness attached to it. It's it's never, it's never like a banquet, a sort of formal banquet. It's always it, it share my meat. That 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 whole business of, of of sharing, and somehow, especially with with the poorest people, in almost a real sense, the poorer the people, the more generous and more humble and the more welcoming I've I've, uh, I've experienced. Yeah. yeah, the love mm. in the poem seems to want to serve yeah. in some way. Yes, yes, yeah. 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 In fact, that, that's an interesting thing that struck me while I was reading it just now. Um, yes, my dear, then I will serve. And it's not absolutely clear who's saying that. Is that love or is that the receiver? Mm. Which, which do uh, you think? Uh, well, I think it's probably love. But it's not, it's not yeah. absolutely clear. <laughs> no, you're right. I always assumed it was love as well. Yes, but but, it, yeah. but it, and serve could mean mm. actually serve the food or serve mm. by, yeah. by by yeah. by agreeing to sit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, George Herbert was clever enough with words, I think, you know, mm. for, for that that uh, ambiguity to be planned. I, I have mm. no idea, of course. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The the extraordinary tenderness, gentleness of mm. of the voice of love. Mm. Mm. in the poem mm. and mm. not insistent but just kind of yeah. I'm guilty of dust and sin mm. Mm. 
unworthy to be here. I cannot look on thee. Yeah, yeah. Who yes. made the ice but I? Mm. But the idea of you sweetly questioning, uh -huh. sweetly questioning, is uh, uh -huh. a, a, and it's a really powerful putting together of two words, isn't it? Sweetly and questioning don't usually go uh, uh, t together. Is it a poem that you have shared with people mm. in some... Well, she, she, Cherry asked me last night, she said, uh, what, what are you going to do? And I, I virtually, I recited it to her. And she, she, and she said, why did you choose that? <laughs> <laughs> and and um, when you said, would I, would, would I come and do this? This instantly, the, the, the whole poem came to, to mind. Without, it was the... Uh, Kind of reflex action that mm -hmm. it, it was there, and it, it, I didn't expect that. It, mm -hmm. I, I was sort of unprepared, mm -hmm. and in fact, afterwards, I thought, well, you know, I could, I could do that Shakespeare one, I could do the Wilfred Owen one, but they didn't cut the mustard <laughs> for, <laughs> for me mm -hmm. to, to keep the food image going. Yeah, mm -hmm. recently in in Rwanda. I remember it, it, it struck me with, with some very religious Rwandans who were just lovely, absolutely everything I would think was best in humanity. And they, they invited me to eat. And I remember, I remember just, just thinking of the, of, of, of the importance that I sat and ate with them and wanted to be associated with that kind of love. I, I remember it sort of bubbling to the surface there. So it, it's, it, it, that, that's why I quite like the, 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 the metaphor of it being a friend, that it, you know, I'm old enough now to have friends that, that I've had for 60 years, and I might not see them for 20 years, and yet the moment they appear, the friendship is equal. It's not, it, it, you don't have to remake the, the friendship. And um, it's, it's like that with, with, with this, this poem, I think. What do you feel is a connection between the idea of love as you as you hold it and oh. the idea of friendship as as, as we've been talking about mm. today? I think the, the 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 hope in friendship would be that it turned to love, that there is there is a degree of love there, but this this kind of of love that is that has a kind of a kind of purity to it. Um, would be the aim of, of a friendship. And in a sense, as I get older, I'm better at doing that, better at turning a friendship into love than, than I was when I was younger. It seems there's an invitation in the poem to you know, come in and accept love. Mm. The, mm. the speaker of the poem is resisting yes. to some yes. extent. That's, that, that, that's could, right. Yeah. And, and, and the, the, that in a sense, the things that make you resist are the the sense of unworthiness and the sense of guilt that I've already spoken about, but also the sense of separation, the sense of distance. Not difficult to describe, but what, what I've been finding probably in the last 10 years or so is both that that distance is very wide between myself and, other, and others and between every individual, but also very quickly narrowable through 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 acts of love, and I don't call them acts of kindness. I call them acts of of love in my um, in my mind, and that making that love as uh, a, 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 as simple as, as this poem suggests is is to me the beginning of the of the answer.
of an answer. Mm. I find the word worthy quite powerful there, and there seems to be something about acceptance that everybody yes, is worthy everybody to is. be at this We're, table. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, and, and somehow, I mean, that, that, that kind of Christian idea of, of someone taking the blame, you know, is, is a very powerful, very powerful releaser. Of, of, of that un, that sense of un, unworthiness, and uh, you know, it's a, that I, I I can't think of anything in any philosophy or any politics or any um, any other mode of thinking that has that kind of, of of power, which is always the power of religion, which which is again one of those that uh, one of those um, dilemmas that that, that religions bad as they can be in every context have have that power of the uh, of the kind of global forgiveness global acceptance global um concepts that that that, uh, that have the potential to cut beneath uh, beneath culture and beneath age beneath in any of the divisions that we uh, that we create i'm also thinking about and I haven't thought of this before about this poem until today about what might happen next from this poem in the sense of someone has found his place at the table and what mm. he what that might change in him mm. Mm. gosh well in a sense maybe it goes back to the beginning and that that's that cell that sense of being that welcomer to other guests you know that that almost come it won't it j- just coming back to the place where you where you started T.S. Eliot sort of <laughs> sort of, <laughs> <sort> of stuff <laughs> but if you feel accepted in in that sense if you've gone through the arguments and you feel yeah okay it's all right then of course you're liberated to to share it with other People, I say, of course. I mean, that's 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 where it's le- left me. That sense that that okay, yeah, I I, I can do this. I, c- I can make other people welcome. I can do everything I can to make people not feel guilty. I can do everything I can to make people feel that I love them. And that's uh, that's a sort of agenda. <laughs> agenda that the poem, I think, can set up for you. Love. Love bade me welcome, yet my soul drew back, guilty of dust and sin. But Quick-eyed love, observing me grow slack from my first entrance in, drew nearer to me, sweetly questioning if I lacked anything. A guest, I answered, worthy to be here. Love said, you shall be he. I, the unkind, the ungrateful, Ah, my dear, I cannot look on thee. Love took my hand 
and smiling did reply, Who made the eyes but I? Truth, Lord, but I have marred them, let my shame go where it doth deserve. And know you not, says love, who bore the blame? My dear, then I will serve. You must sit down, says love, and taste my meat. So I did sit and eat. That was John Preble with the gift reading of Love by George Herbert. Thank you to Jonathan for coming to visit us in Waterstones and indeed for allowing us to share this beautiful conversation with you. And thanks to Ben Hales with all his amazing work, both with the music and the editing of the podcast. Without him, we really wouldn't be here with this new phase of work. As we said earlier, uh, we're going to be releasing a podcast every month. So if you haven't already subscribed, now is the time to do so. We've got some really great conversations lined up for you. Some with people who may be more familiar to you than others. But for now, that's all for this month. Thank you for listening.